Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Once again, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our senior chapel talks from this past week by Nathan Tran and Juliana Martinez, TMI class of 2019. Our first featured talk is by Nathan Tran. Nathan began attending TMI as an eighth grader. He's planning to attend Baylor University next fall, where he will study business. When not in class, Nathan enjoys football and cars. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this senior chapel talk. I wake up at 5 a.m. to get my brother out of bed. Noon takes hour-long showers and will sleep through a dozen alarms if I let him. I go to his room and use every method known to try to wake him up, from throwing water on his and even jumping on him. But it usually takes about five different attempts to actually get Noon to open his eyes. Once I get him to sit up on his bed, he starts, like, he starts to yell at me to get out of his room. I am always happy to do that, so I leave to change and take a nap. We still have an hour before we have to actually leave for school. After an hour, I go back to check on Noon, only to find out he has done nothing since I woke him up. This is when I go into panic mode. We are about to be late. I force Noon to hurry to get ready, though his version of hurrying is what most of us consider a very steady walk. I double check if his school stuff is together and if he has everything he needs in his bags. I've already gone outside to call Uber and wait for him. 15 minutes pass. Our Uber arrives and Noon is still not ready. I tell the Uber driver to wait as I go get Noon. I go to his room to find him, like many of us in the morning, in a zombie-like state. I drag him by his collar to the Uber and we depart for TMI. By the time we get to school, we arrive with only one minute left until the bell rings. Noon and I run as fast as we can, making it, barely making it to class on time. This was how my mornings were for two long years. Life is very unpredictable, and there are so many things that can turn your world upside down. My life used to be pretty normal. My parents would take me and Noon to school every day, we would eat dinner every night as a family, and we always went on fun vacations. My experiences were similar to most teenage students at TMI. But in 2016, that all changed. My, da my dad's heart failed, and he was hospitalized for a long time. This really impacted my family as my mom had to spend all her free time with my dad at the hospital, which left me to take care of my brother as well as myself. It was difficult because I had never experienced this kind of situation before. Also, if you know me, I was not very good at taking care of myself. I was spoiled by my parents, and they did pretty much everything for me. I had to grow up quickly. I had to start doing things like taking care of dinner and getting us out of bed and to school on time, and making sure that laundry was done and dishes were washed. I pretty much had to grow up and be an adult earlier than I expected. This meant that I had to take the role of someone who was practically in charge of the house. This role was hard for me because I didn't have the knowledge to do many things, such as driving and cooking, which led to many nights of ordering takeout. To add to that, I would have to see my sick dad and tell him everything was fine. 
a, line, a lie that was both stressful and painful. I eventually prevailed by getting my license and learning to cook a few dishes. But the stress from seeing my dad in the hospital and losing his legs affected me a lot. I still didn't treat the situation seriously since I thought my life would go back to normal before long. But as time went on and on, I began to realize that the situation was not something to be taken lightly and that things may not get back to normal anytime soon. I got scared and I realized our time as a family might be coming to an end. I was lost and wasn't sure where my life was heading. But what I didn't realize was that I had help right in front of me. This solution turned out to be my football and lacrosse teams. They were able to get me through this whole ordeal by failing the void in my home and family life. Both teams gave me goals to work towards and focus on, such as playing well, keeping up my grades, and winning state. But there are other meaningful things that I experienced from being part of a team. The biggest one was when my team had dinners and parties together. Due to the situation at home, my family was never able to actually sit down and eat and have regular conversations like the ones I grew up enjoying. This is why I loved it when my team would have dinners together. I was able to have fun and also learn a lot and bond with my teammates. Each of my teammates and coaches encouraged me to do my best on the field and in the classroom, which helped me be myself and also work to help my team succeed. My mom had to balance being at work and taking care of my dad, so she didn't have time to check my schoolwork or keep up with my grades. My coaches helped me to make sure my grades were good and would always encourage me to do better. Coach Polo and Coach Skinner always say that school comes first and that is priority because sports aren't forever, but your knowledge is. My coaches were able to encourage me to do my best in school and focus on it more. Just last year, I had struggled in school and had gotten stuck in a hole too deep, my, too deep to dig myself out of. Both coaches quickly caught wind of this and immediately started trying to push me to work harder and eventually I was able to climb out, although it wasn't pretty. I was very grateful for my coaches, who went above and beyond their jobs. They became a combination of coach, teacher, and parent. But the importance of school wasn't the only thing my coaches taught me. They were also instrumental in many life lessons that my parents were unable to provide. These lessons such as cherishing time with people in your life, being the best person you can be, and owning up to your responsibilities helped, me, helped carry me through a time when I wasn't focused. These lessons helped me shape who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Without my coaches stepping in and teaching simple life lessons like these for my parents, I would not have been able to grow the way I did. Being part of a team helped me through a very tough time in my life as it provided me a family atmosphere when mine was away. Even though my parents weren't like a, even though my teens weren't like a traditional family, being part of a team gave me many experiences such as dinners and simple life lessons that helped fill something that I had lost at home with my parents being away. Through this, I've learned that family can be more than just blood relatives. It can be the people who carry you through difficult times. So no matter how hard life could be, there's always some type of family out there, either a group of friends, a team, or even the TMI community. I hope that through the kindness of others, you too will be able to find a family you need most when you least expect it. Thank you. Our second feature talk is by Juliana Martinez. 
Juliana began attending TMI as a freshman. She's planning to attend a university next fall that will allow her to study English or be part of a writing program that will help her achieve her dream of becoming a novel editor. When not in class, you'll most likely find Juliana spending time doing one of her passions, reading, writing, or enjoying theater. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk. The logo on the screen should look familiar, provided you haven't been living under a rock. YouTube is a place where I have watched a lot of videos. A lot of videos. So many videos. The time I've spent on YouTube is what some might call time wasted. I can't really disagree with them. That's not, however, to say that it's my only time waster. Libraries are a really great example of another. Boy, can I waste time in a library. It got so bad around age eight, nine-ish that I had to start carrying those reusable grocery bags. You know the ones, the environmentally conscientious, use less plastic, those things. I had to start bringing them with me to the library because little four-foot me was physically incapable of carrying the giant stacks of books I was collecting. I would still be having the same problem today if my mom hadn't instituted a you're only allowed to check out 10 books at a time rule. Perhaps the most blatant example of my ability to waste time is the Museum of the Pacific War in Fredericksburg. It's a really interesting place that I would highly recommend you check out. Just probably not with me. For context, the last time I was in Fredericksburg, my family walked through it at a reasonable pace and told me I was free to take a little longer, to call them when I was done, and they'd come and get me. We could poke around some of the little shops before driving home. I left that museum seven hours after I entered it, without stopping to eat lunch. Not because I was ready to leave, because it was time to drive back to San Antonio. I had to skip a lot of it. There's a whole other building I didn't have time to see. So yes, one might say that in the right context, I am capable of wasting a little bit of time. Quick distinction that I want to make here. I don't think time wasted means time ill-spent. I think wasted time is important, and I have research on my side to prove it. But I'm not here to make that claim. Instead, I'm here to talk about one of the after-effects of my particular kind of time-wasting. That is to say, my accumulation of some very random knowledge. From the fact that the singular of spaghetti is spaghetto, to the interesting truth that there are no muscles in the human fingers, I can chime in on a lot of different topics. It's a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation. I certainly don't claim to be a master in much of anything, but I've dabbled in this, that, and the other. Back when I was in middle school, I proudly referred to this phenomenon as my vast quantities of useless information. And while part of me still thinks there's not a lot of day-to-day -day cause for knowing that the Thai art of fruit carving, according to legend, originated when a watermelon with flowers carved in it impressed the emperor, I no longer think that useless is the right word for it. I mean, useless. It's kind of a harsh word, don't you think? Goodness gracious, even talking about wasting time earlier implies a heavy amount of disregard for the value that is gained. I think a lot of that ends up coming from school. All right, crazy statement I need to make here. I like school. I know, I know, I sound nerdy and ridiculous, and you know what? I am nerdy, ridiculous, probably a little bit crazy, 
but that's what keeps life interesting, and I make no secret of any of those things. But liking school or not, the fact that unsweetened chocolate was once an assassination weapon because its bitter flavor could hide the taste of most poisons is not something I got out of a textbook. And I think that's where my dismissal of what I knew came from. Valuable information, I thought, was information that would help to accomplish some specific goal. Knowing that the Marquis de Lafayette joined the Revolutionary War might show up on a test. It was valuable. Knowing that the way he did it was by disguising himself as a pregnant woman, sneaking out of France on a cargo ship before being informed that this cargo was to be sold in the Caribbean, to which the only reasonable response was to buy all of the cargo himself and request that it be delivered to the colonies. That was fun, but it wasn't valuable. Knowing how to spell pumpernickel was helpful if it happened to show up on a spelling test, but only giggles come from knowing that the word once meant farting devil. And for a long time, that binary was how I categorized the things I knew. Writing down that Thomas Edison was credited with the invention of the light bulb, useful. That his competitor, Nikolai Tesla, was an early feminist that wanted to make electricity free and tried to build a death ray, so cool, but not useful. Bananas are good for you, they have potassium. Useful. Banana-flavored candy tastes different than bananas because it's modeled on a flavor of a different species of banana that was wiped out by disease in the 1950s. Really interesting. Not useful. But backtrack and playback a second. Why isn't it useful? Okay, the science behind water boiling at room temperature when you draw it up a long, thin tube is probably not going to pop up on a test. Well. Maybe on a physics test, but not on one of my tests. Does that mean I shouldn't know it? Tests are an unavoidable part of school. They're how we measure whether or not school is working. Unfortunately, this often makes it feel like the point of school is knowing how to test well. But we're also encouraged to spend time hanging out with friends, playing a sport, joining a club, or reading a book. None of these things will guarantee an A on exams next week, but we are still told they're valuable, even important. So if these things won't help us test well, but they're useful, then why can't other not-school things be useful too? Like maybe a YouTube binge that culminates in learning the Earth might have once been purple because there wasn't oxygen and bacteria had to process other gases with purple pigments instead of green chlorophyll. I mean, how crazy is that? So, yes, I don't have a specific use in mind for any of this. And I don't think the people that have asked me why I bothered to learn and share all this information are asking an invalid question. All I can say is, why not? Why not believe that learning is valuable for learning's sake? Why not look into something interesting? Why not click through YouTube's suggestion section or browse the library until you find something interesting? Why not listen to someone ramble about what interests them? I may not have a good reason as to why the random facts and stories I know are useful, but maybe if I stick with it, I'll learn some. There is value to curiosity. Feeding it is how we grow our minds and the world around us. After all, it was trying to figure out why a chocolate bar in his pocket had melted that led to Percy Spencer discovering microwaves. Most people would dismiss studying something that probably melted from body heat as useless, but he didn't. 
and you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that didn't see value in a microwave today. Or Sir Alexander Fleming, who accidentally let some mold grow and thought, why not? Let's test it. And discovered penicillin, one of the most useful drugs in the history of the world. So, even if it's an accident, you didn't mean to learn something, even if it's not coming up on an exam, no matter who tells you it's useless, be curious about this weird and wonderful world that we're living in. Because when there's so much out there to explore, it is never a waste of time to learn something. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.